0: You are about to listen to my conversation with Henry Steffen of Fairbury, Illinois, who is 80 years old at the time that we're filming this, but when he was just 15 years old, he suffered one of the most intense and gruesome farm accidents that you've ever heard of, when he was using an arc welder to cut a hole in a metal barrel, which had years before held a small amount of gasoline that had since turned into fumes. So the moment that electric arc pierced the metal, it ignited the highly combustible fumes, and blew up into an unforgiving inferno, leaving Henry in critical condition. The memories that followed that tragic day, which will be discussed in this episode, range from moving, to sad, to heartwarming, but at times perhaps also stomach-churning. Therefore, viewer discretion is advised. Henry has only shared this story in its entirety once or twice in his life, so it was an honor for this show to be one of his few platforms, and I hope that you appreciate his courage and vulnerability as he shares with us his account of an event that we would never wish upon anyone, and tells us how he persevered through it. Our sponsors today are Fairbury Furniture, The Coffee Steamer, Once and Again, Forest Edge Tree Service, and Outworn Solutions 3D Printing. Throughout this episode, you will hear a single, unique 60-second advertisement for each of these wonderful businesses that is spoken aloud by yours truly. I hope that in support of local commerce and of this show, you will listen to those ads, but ultimately, that is a choice that belongs to you. Lastly, if you would like to support this podcast, simply clicking that share button beneath this episode on Facebook really helps with the show's growth. And if you would like to really support this show and contribute to its production with as little as $1 a month while consequently also gaining access to some never-before-seen exclusive episodes, you can do so at patreon.com forward slash paulgarcia. Your support is... Is much appreciated. And if you'd like to just make a one-time donation, you can do so on everyone's favorite money transfer app, Venmo, at username The Paul Garcia Show. Thanks in advance to anyone who decides to contribute using either of these options, and thank you to my current patrons, Ben Traub, Ann Barnes, Parker Shilson, and Donnie Bounds. You guys are amazing, and I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. And now, without any further ado, you're listening to The Paul Garcia Show, and this is my conversation with Henry Steffen. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to The Paul Garcia Show, a show about the remarkable people of Central Illinois. I'm your host, Paul Garcia, and I invite you to join me as I speak with these individuals about their stories, the lessons they've learned, and the knowledge they've gained along the way. Tune in every Sunday to witness the power of bringing each new individual's unique journey into the spotlight. Henry, Stefan, thank you so much for coming on to the show today. I think you have an incredible story. I can't wait to dive into it, and I think it's going to be a blessing for a lot of people to hear. So thank you.
1: You're welcome.
0: So... I mean, let's start things off. You you have your right hand up on the table right now, yeah. And if people see your left hand, it looks very smooth. You know, and it's not because it you use the right hydrators or anything, the right lotions. It's because it's a prosthetic hand, and I hope you don't you know mind me saying that or no, anything.
1: No, I have no problem.
0: So let's just dive right into it. Why? What is the story behind that prosthetic left hand that you have? Why do you have that in the first place?
1: Well, I guess it started back, um, I had an accident and we lived on the farm. And uh, back in uh, uh, September the 13th of 1955, and I got home from school that day, I was just starting my junior year. And uh, my mom said that it was dad wanted us to go out and do chores and we had uh, three 60-gallon drums, steel drums, from my uncle and he wanted them cut in half. And so uh, I was kind of the one that always enjoyed the mechanical side of things and so I went into our shop and uh, used an arc welder. And when I uh, cut into the second barrel, it exploded like a bomb. It had been setting in the sun probably for about 10 to 12 years. And the sun had, there was probably at one time maybe a little gas left in it from when they had used it, maybe a half gallon to gallon, which turned into fumes. And when my arc welder went through that, it um, blew up and it literally blew the windows out of the building it knocked me back uh i was able to get up and and start running and my uh, brother wayne uh was doing chores and he hollered for me to roll roll and i was actually at that time standing in gravel and so i ran over to some grass and at that time he was there I can't really remember whether he knocked me down or I fell down, but uh, once they got the fire out, uh, most of my clothes were burned off, except where I had uh, two layers of clothes, like my private area, my uh, socks. I had my shoes and socks on, so my feet never got burned. My face was somewhat... uh, protected by the, the uh, welding mask that I was holding wow it,
0: thank in, goodness you you took safety into consideration wore that mask yeah yeah wow. the
1: the mask really did save my face but I was holding it with my left hand and it was using the arc welder with my right and so the, my left hand took the blunt of the explosion as well, and and uh, so my uh, dad ended up getting me in a car, and we lived at Cropsey, Illinois, which was about eleven miles from February February hospital and uh my mom had called into the hospital that we were coming, and I got in the car with my dad, and I never did actually pass out or or anything i I stayed conscious. And uh I know at one time I kind of rubbed my left hand a little bit, and I noticed that if I'd rub it, my whole hand was my uh, the skin and the fingernails and the fingers were all sliding off. It was oh, totally my goodness. Yeah, it was just like a glove coming off. So I I slid it back on. And oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> no. I, you know, I it, it was. I was in shock, probably a lot. And we was coming up to the February Cropsey Curve, uh, which a lot of people know out south between February and Cropsey. There's a double curve, and back then uh that part of the road was gravel. My dad was doing about eighty-five miles an hour, and I told him, I says, Dad, you you got to slow down or we're going to oh, both get killed which i i pity my dad cuz he was he was frantic he was beating the dash with his hand uh we got into the hospital and dr Mashiski was the doctor that was standing outside the emergency room door with uh couple nurses and at that time the pain uh, really started to hit me Mm -hmm. and uh, at that point they uh, gave me some shots and put me out and so my with I think I had my hand for that left hand for about uh, maybe a month and it got gangrene in it, and um, my right hand was pretty bad too. And back then, I think they still do it today. They baited it with maggots.
0: Oh yes, that that's it's not exactly a popular procedure anymore. But yeah, the maggots do a great job at eating the infected areas, mm. the rotting flesh. Yes, as, as rough as that sounds, it's it's pretty gruesome to watch and look at. Like you do, it looks like nightmare fuel. But yeah, that's yeah. definitely a thing. You can look it up on the internet at your own risk, but
1: yeah. Anyway, I they baited both my left hand and my right hand and it was tough for me because I I could I could look at my right hand. It was partially unwrapped other than that the rest of my whole body was wrapped with gauze and vaseline and whatever and uh I could see those little maggots crawl in and out of my bandages, which really Holy smokes uh was tough um They come down and and uh realize that uh, well, they took me up to surgery uh the day before they took my hand off or a couple days, and uh they uh padded my hand area. Uh, kind of sliced the palm of it open and padded it with with penicillin and stuff to try to see if they could do anything with the, infe- the infection and that and it didn't help and so they scheduled to and they have it taken off and they took off my right hand they were scheduled to then take off or my I'm sorry my left hand and they were scheduled then to uh, take off my right hand uh, the next day are you kidding me no that that was uh, and Dr. Mashiski was my doctor and I think he was just God sent to Fairbury he spent years in the prison camps in the war and he knew burns very well and he told my folks there's a lot every burn whether it's gas or no matter what it is is treated different and based uh,
0: on based on the substance that was yeah, on the skin, I guess. Or, on, I don't on, know if I'm saying that right, but whether it's a gasoline burn, an electric burn, a freezer yeah, burn type of thing. Yeah,
1: or wood, whatever it was. He Forest, said yeah. they, they all anyway, uh he come in that morning that they were gonna take it off and he smelled it.
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, and he looked at my dad and said, We're not gonna take it this hand off yet. It's smelling better. And that's what saved it.
0: That's very interesting. And before we move on, you know, first of all, here you you mentioned to me that you've only told this story in its entirety a handful of times in the decades since it happened. And I don't blame you. I didn't realize some of these details that you're just now telling me from the scrapbook you gave me that kind of documented the whole thing. I mean, it, it's it's emotional, isn't it? I mean, yes. very emotional. It's emotional to hear. And I just want to talk about the actual event itself for just a moment more. I read in all those newspaper clippings that documented what exactly happened. You're using the arc welder uh, to drill through or to cut through a barrel that had at one time held oil or gas that had since fumigated or whatever or turned into fumes. The explosion... I think that you didn't (laughs) explain it and do it justice because it blew out all the windows, like you said, and it even rocked the whole garage off its frame. Like it shifted the whole building. I saw pictures of the the room you were in that exploded. It's a miracle that you are alive. And my question is, did you fly out of the building or did you – and were you on fire for a moment there?
1: Yeah, I – uh, n- number one, my uh cousins and my uncle live nine miles north of us and they heard the explosion. No, oh my, and, I gotta
0: quit making no, everything's surprising <laughs> me, so I, I'll <laughs> shut up.
1: No, that's fine. And uh, I, I, th- I, th- I can't say for sure how I. I, I think I. When the explosion hit, I it blew me backwards. And uh, at the time, I was kind of stooped over the barrel. I don't believe I really f- was knocked down, but I, I flew back and uh, probably did was pretty staggered to get back up and, and, and move. And uh, it's a case where... Uh, I have not the best hearing in my left ear because I don't have much hearing on high pitches Mm -hmm. And from that.
0: We are brought to you by Forest Edge Tree Service. If you have trees or tree stumps on your property that you want gone, go nowhere else but Livingston County's premier tree service provider, Forest Edge Tree Service. Your yard is no place for looming, dead, or damaged trees. It's just a matter of time before they come down ruining your property, ruining your week, and ruining your bank account. This is exactly why you need to be a responsible adult and hire the services of Forest Edge Tree Service. Simply give Joe Rudin a call or a text at 815-615-3037 to get a free quote today. Forest Edge Tree Service is staffed with trained professionals who use cutting-edge equipment to get the job done right every time. Their cleanup is top-notch, they're fully insured, and their customers are always pleased with the jobs that they do, which is why they've earned a reputation of being Livingston County's premier tree service provider. So keep your family, pets, vehicles, and neighbors safe and save yourself from a world of headaches when you call or text forest edge tree service to get those dangerous looming troublesome trees off of your property that's forest edge tree service livingston county's premier tree service provider
1: i just started my junior year and um, the school held a uh, assembly for the whole school in the gym at fairbury and um, they prayed for me. And uh, they also took a collection, knowing that they everybody felt I was going to die. Wow. And they took a collection to buy me flowers. And my mom prayed, and my folks pretty much prayed that I could go on, p- pass on to heaven and uh, it's a case uh, years later my mom always says she can't figure out why God answered their prayers and not hers <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow and that her, her prayers probably came from the absolute best place because she knew you were and I assume you were suffering pretty greatly right in those
1: yeah uh, burns hurt I was burned about ninety-five percent, first, second, and third—not all third degrees. During the next two years, I had uh, uh, skin graft, five major skin grafts, uh, <clears throat> fifty-two pints of blood, I think, during that time. Uh, it was—it was a case of. The first months, I don't remember much. I was pretty much, I think, out.
0: Right. And, they probably drugged you up. Yeah, hard.
1: I was. And during that time, and during the next months, over really actually the next year, I was on a lot of heavy drugs. <clears throat> when I did finally get transferred to February, took Saint Francis in Chicago, I was a drug addict. Oh wow. And,
0: uh, you think you really were addicted to the drugs? That they oh, abso- f-
1: absolutely. And to this day, I got to watch when the doctor prescribes medicine. If they prescribe certain medicines that got drugs in them, I don't want to take them. Because that feeling and that sensation is still there
0: incredible just made permanent changes to your neurology like into in your brain that's right over nine tenths of your body was burned first second and third degree i mean you were scorched were you then does that mean that you were on fire after that explosion because you said your brother said to stop and roll
1: my my young he wayne was my oldest brother my brother under me herbert he, he said he could see me when I was running that I looked like an Indian with flames off coming out of the back of me, off of my no. back. But, uh, and that was for my, well, the explosion, uh, I think, had probably still enough fumes and, and gas in it that when it blew up, I was immediately on fire. <laughs>
0: Just engulfed everything around it. Right,
1: the building and all. The building went up in flames, didn't it? Well, it started all on fire, and my dad had uh, fire extinguishers in my shop, and they grabbed them and and used them to get the fire out, but it pretty much charred the inside of, of, of the shop.
0: And your brother, if I read if I remember correctly, Wayne, who was seventeen, you were fifteen when this happened. Just just boys. He said that he that he wrapped you in something. Isn't that correct?
1: Yeah, they I, I was still up after they got all the flames out and stuff. I, I got up and uh actually walked in the house and mom got a bed sheet and wrapped around me and uh that's how I ended up then going in the car oh my um cousin uh they had come over to, they couldn't they had lived only about a quarter mile down the road they had four boys and uh when they got back their car back to their house uh my cousin Dale opened the this passenger door where I was sitting, and my thumb of my left hand rolled out the door, which about let him. He panic. anyway. He did put it in this bottle, and I had it for years, but it turned black and didn't mean a whole lot to he me. Just but, kept uh, it
0: for fun, almost.
1: Or- uh, yeah, it was kind of a to me a kind of a dumb thing, but I the family I think. Uh, I can't say they enjoyed looking at it, but oh, sure. <laughs> it was it was a grave reminder. Uh-huh. Okay,
0: so how long did you spend at the Fairbury Hospital then before you were transferred? Because they can't do high level surgeries in skin grafts at the Fairbury Hospital, right? No. They had to take you to right. Evanston, Illinois, where Northwestern University is, where my girlfriend is actually going to school right now. Okay. I mean high level medical stuff. Um so they took you there how long after the explosion when did they realize I, that that's what they had to do
1: I was in February 11 and a half months and it was Quite case a long time. yeah it was too long it was case there was some discussion among the family whether first of all if they'd transfer I probably wouldn't have made the trip cuz hmm. let's go back to 1955 and they did, there was no helicopter to call in. Cell cast wasn't around. The ambulances weren't there. The funeral home had the service of transportation with the hearse. Wow. And they, I, uh, the months I was in February hospital, I was laying on a bed called a striker bed. It was a pipe-framed. Uh, bed uh, about six and a half feet long and 18 inches wide stretched across it with a canvas
0: oh so it's like a, a military cot
1: like a military yes and uh, it was on a framework that uh, when they, they would want to turn me over f- from my back to my stomach because I uh, kind of bur- uh getting sores mm-hmm. And uh, so they had another one of those beds that they put on top of me while I was laying on my back, and they screwed it down real tight, and then they'd flip it on it. The ends were on a pivot. And so when they'd flip it, then I'd be on my stomach. And on that canvas, there was a hole in the center of it where my face looked through, and so... I laid that way for maybe a month at a time, and uh, yeah, the Fairbury Hospital had nothing to really cope with the condition of so many burns. They tried one time to soak my bandages because they wanted to take them off, and I remember my dad said he went and bought a kiddie pool and they filled it with water down the basement of the hospital and uh, they put me in it and uh, tried to soak my bandages off and uh, it was a disaster
0: man this sounds like some low level science I mean, <laughs> very I, who much. am I to judge really I, at the time maybe it was the best idea, I guess, but wow, it seems like they were f- very much under equipped to handle the situation yes, no yeah. offense to them they really yeah. tried no but. Uh,
1: yeah, they done every and dr Mashiski was was a wonderful doctor, but he didn't have he didn't just didn't have the tools.
0: may I ask uh how did you use the restroom during this time? You said there was a hole for your face. Yeah. Was was using the restroom difficult for you?
1: Uh I they used I used the urinal and stuff because my private area was not burned at all because I had Praise God. Wow. It, oh, very much to even, you know, to this day, yeah. None of that was burned and so I could just use the urinal and, and stuff. It, it was it was A case of the anywhere I had two layers of clothing, uh, the fire caught the outer layer and never got never had time to get into the inner layer.
0: We are brought to you by Outworn Solutions in Fairbury, Illinois. We've all been there. You're trying to repair something, small or large, only to end up needing a small, little, annoying part that is specific to the thing that you're repairing. But you don't know what the name of the part is, and you can't find it online for a reasonable price. So you start pulling your hair out, and you throw the whole project in the trash. It happens to all of us. This is precisely where the truly incredible services of Outworn Solutions in Fairbury, Illinois, come to save the day. Outworn Solutions, is a 3D printing service which uses state-of-the-art 3D printing software and hardware to create any and all of those small to medium parts that you need to repair your, say, hot rod or your golf cart your coffee machine your action figures your refrigerator literally almost anything and they do it by using a variety of strong, sturdy or flexible filaments such as nylon carbon fiber PLA granite color copper and iron infused or one of their many any other thermoplastics. So don't search for ridiculously marked up replacement parts online or in stores. Instead, go to John at Outworn Solutions because he can create the part that you need, likely stronger and for a much better price. For the solution to all of your outworn parts, visit Outworn Solutions at 1005 West Oak Street in Fairbury, Illinois. That's Outworn Solutions, the solution to all of your outworn parts. You said you used a urinal. Did, could you walk? I, I assume oh. that you were laying down for quite a while. No,
1: I I did not walk for seventeen and a half months.
0: Okay, oh, good heavens! So I misunderstood. A <laughs> urinal could just mean like a is yeah, it like that, a bedpan type thing. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah,
1: it, yeah. It was just yeah, yeah. Strictly mostly a bedpan. I uh same way as feeding myself. I was about. Uh, I was in about 17 about the same time that I they got me up to learn to walk I was able to start to feed myself and that was in uh, St. Evanston St Francis in Evanston in Chicago which I uh, was up there exactly a year and that's where I had my uh, five major skin grafts and uh, they took me into surgery about every week and changed my bandages and they, um, there, I went to therapy twice a day, and there they had a huge tub, and they had a, um, a stretcher hoist that they'd lay me on, and with uh, a track across the top of the tub, and they'd roll me over that and then crank me down in that tub to soak, soak me up.
0: It, forgive me if this is insensitive, but did it was this at all like kind of humiliating? You just being like kind of rolled around, tossed around like yeah, uh,
1: Yeah, you know eventually you lose it. You lose
0: you, you lose a humiliation hum- aspect of
1: humiliation, it. Humiliation it's just a, a, another day of I'd just say every every day I fought to live
0: And what was the main life-threatening aspect of your injuries? Was it infection?
1: Yes. Okay. Yeah. Actually, um, yeah. In February, they done what they could, but it was total. When I got to Chicago, well, in in February, my bandages were. Maybe you could see in some of those pictures where uh, they probably put a Vaseline on my sores and then they'd wrap them and re them and wrap them. And I looked like a mummy. When yeah, I got,
0: you, you really did. You looked exactly like yeah, a Halloween-style mummy laying yeah, on the bed.
1: my grandma was still living then and she wanted to come to the hospital and see me. So they didn't want her to see how I really looked. So when she came, they covered everything up but my face. At that time, my face wasn't burned because of the welding mask I had had. My ears got burned some because they were kind of on the outside of the welding mask. So she just—that's all she she saw of me was my was my face. Mm. Uh, when I got to St. Francis, I really. Paul, I, I couldn't look at myself, and I never looked at myself for those months. Um, they finally th- decided after a bunch of skin grafts, and especially they skin graft a lot of my legs at first. And they sat me up on the side of the bed to see if I could uh, uh, sit up or to begin to walk, and uh, blood started oozing out around my skin grafts. Wow. And uh, basically because uh, because it was, um, I was used to laying flat <clears throat> for all those months, so my equilibrium, that was vertical to me.
0: Right. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah the point.
1: equilibrium sure. transformed into horizontal is vertical. Mm-hmm. And so they took me down to therapy, and they lay me on a uh, board, kind of like a stretcher, and they'd raise my head maybe 10 inches, and I'd pass out because... My body wasn't used to pumping blood upright; it just didn't do it. And uh, so they ended up that the hospital had a bed that I laid on that uh, was electric, and basically, it the foot and the head went up and down real slow. And I rode that thing for several months and that's what got my circulation started that i could start to s- sit up and then eventually stood up
0: it's almost funny how they did not ease into your the first attempt of you walking at all they just stood you uh, up yeah. after months and months of laying down yeah, they're they, like oh what's
1: happening yeah <laughs> they had yeah i'm not for sure a lot of people say very few people live through 95% burns
0: yeah wow it, it probably helped that you were young your skin was still oh, probably generating it, um, it, yeah um you were still growing i presume
1: i i, I i've said that myself Um uh, i uh was just i was very athletic i enjoyed basketball immensely lived on the farm and summers uh we threw bales all summer And uh i am my brothers and my cousins there was a total of 10 of us boys between us and my cousins and so we spent summers working mm-hmm. and uh i was i'm not wanting to brag but i was very physically fit mm-hmm. and i know when i uh started my uh, uh ju- junior year uh the, the, basketball coach wanted me to be sure to come out for basketball and my dad said no because he wasn't going to drive me from Cropsey to Fairbury every day mm-hmm. so the coach George Fike back then came out to our house and visited with my dad and said that you know, that's awesome <laughs> If he let me play basketball, he would furnish the transportation. So. <laughs> Great.
0: yeah. No, you know what? That's a real problem because I was the assistant wrestling coach at Prairie Central this year. And farm kids... Let's be honest, they make fantastic athletes because they're more active than a lot of the non-farm kids during the summer, during the off-seasons because they're doing work on the farm. They know how to throw. So they make excellent, they throw bales of hay, I mean, and they make excellent wrestlers. But gosh darn, when farm chores, they have to do something on the farm, sports come second, and that is so frustrating. The parents often won't be able to drive the kids, and it's like, oh, come on. So I had to give rides to... Some Steidinger boys, quite often. yeah, and I mean they're incredibly talented, I, but uh, I, can't,
1: I can't blame my dad. I mean, right you know, yeah. we were he, I, I do kind of years later teased him that uh, we raised uh, shorthorn beef cattle for show mm. and had had a pretty good-sized herd, and so Dad would also buy hogs, and we also had chickens, so he, he made sure us boys were busy. Mm -hmm. And that's a big and uh, I always tease him that that's the only reason he had all these chores is to keep us. (laughs) us (laughs) busy. (laughs) Well,
0: something I wanted to talk about then is and, you know, we're going to it's going to get a little dark before it gets a little lighter here. We're talking the first half of your hospital hospitalization, if you want to call it that your hospital stays. What was your mental state like? It had to not be good because you weren't expected to live, yet you continued living. The burns hurt. You were basically a mummy. Everyone had to do things for you. And we haven't even talked about what it was like to lose the hand, but maybe we can start to dive into that a little bit. Could you tell me about your mental uh, state?
1: Dr. Mashiski came in my room one day. That's when I was in room 103, and I'll never forget it. And uh, my parents said that they wanted him to tell me that they took my left hand off. Cause, Paul, I could still feel it. All my nerves were there. In the
0: section of your brain that controls your left hand is still there, and it still sends the signal. That's it's right. It's a really interesting phenomenon. But I yeah. still
1: have phantom pains. Phantom pains. Yeah. Now a lot of people don't believe in phantom pains. Oh, it's but I don't what? care Who whether believe, they.
0: I mean, they should. I know a lot of people yeah, don't, but it's a fact.
1: It's a fact, and, and and those nerves are at the end of your arm, and they did not of them there, but they're they're still there. We are brought to you by once and again
0: in Pontiac and Fairbury, Illinois. Once and Again is a remarkable resale shop that sells and consigns pre-owned name, brand, clothing, and shoes for your entire family. This year, they celebrate 20 years of business, serving our local community and beyond. Once and Again also has a great selection of pre-owned, authentic designer handbags without that designer price tag. Once and Again has an ever-changing inventory of name brands and their spacious locations in both Fairbury and Pontiac, along with their tag, color. Clearance system, shopper rewards, and other promotions, they have prices that truly will fit any budget. Once and Again is open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. And you can also shop online too at their website, onceandagain.com. That's once, the letter N, again. Dot com. For more information about consignment or brands or for directions to their stores, you can again visit OnceAndAgain.com. That's once and again in Pontiac and Fairbury, Illinois.
1: And um I uh I was I was pretty low. I matter of fact uh it's it wasn't right but as a fifteen year old boy not being in dreading every moment of every day and most of the nights. I asked my dad, I said, you know, Dad, when our dog gets sick or we know he ain't going to live, we'd put him to sleep and want we'll know if they possibly could put me to sleep.
0: That is, to get to that point, as a 15-year-old kid, is so sad to hear. And at the same exact time, you can't blame that 15-year-old you either. Because if life's going to be like that, I'm sure in your head you were thinking, I'd rather not live it. And who could blame you? Yeah, I and the only the glimmer of hope that you might be able to have and if someone someone is watching this and they're either in that position dreading every day or perhaps they will find themselves there if there's the glimmer of hope that you will get better and in your case as a 15 year old at least that was the those were the odds if you survive you'll probably get a lot better but yeah. I mean, just hold on to that hope Hold on to that hope, you know, and and let that fuel you maybe. Yeah. But anyways, so what did your dad say to that? That had to just rip his heart out.
1: Well, yeah, I look back and I'm sorry I said it, but I felt it. And uh, he yeah. encouraged me. He says, "Oh, Henry, it, it it'll, you'll be okay." Or I'm, I really don't know for sure what all he said because. I probably wasn't really listening that much. I just wanted to go. Uh, But God had a different plan.
0: Wow, that almost moves me to tears. You know, that is intensely sad to hear. Okay. However, things... Correct me if I'm wrong, things might start to begin to kind of, how do I say this? So correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like things started to look up a little bit more after you left Fairbury, after those 11 months. You went to a much higher end hospital in Evanston, Illinois, St. Francis, which was some, I mean, chock full of nuns, and Uh, it was a Catholic hospital. And what what was different about Evanston's hospital, St. Francis, um compared to fairberry's hospital and and what was better
1: well i i guess uh when I got there uh the uh elevator man that took us took me into i think i went into to an emergency said that I was so white he didn't hardly know that I was under the sheet, but from there on they they were working to make me better fairbury hospital was working to just keep me living mhm i i that's and there's a big difference
0: oh yeah i'm sure
1: there's a big difference in that and uh even though uh things that Evanston done therapy was horrible uh mrs Leahy, was the head of therapy and if there i I, I say this as i thought it back then i was i i I didn't like her to the nth because all she done is hurt me
0: thinking Uh, of her and thinking of pain only
1: yeah yeah but i look back today and i've said this many 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 times if it wouldn't have been for her i wouldn't be walking today And I wouldn't be doing what I'm woodworking. I wouldn't be doing anything today if it wouldn't have been for her. But at the time, I certainly felt like I could have got along without her. Yeah, sure, (laughs) sure.
0: I mean, we've all experienced things like that. Definitely not to that extent as far as pain goes. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, we all our parents make us do things that we absolutely hate in the moment, and you're like, hey, you know that that was probably yeah. a great idea when you're older and you know how to you know do the do do your laundry, mow the lawn. Um, you know, if you're in sports, you're thankful for the hard, long wrestling practices and football yeah. practices, track practices, because now you know how to push yourself and everything. So. Yeah,
1: it, and I guess that's why once I got out of the hospital and was able to go home that day, I kind of told myself I'm not going to spend the rest of my life laying in bed. So it's not hard for me to get up mornings. (laughs) I bet not. (laughs) You know, it just, that's just in me. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: What was your stay at Evanston's hospital like though? Like as far as you had a roommate that was interesting, right? You stayed with other children who well, were... Well, I
1: had a private, and uh, a boy a couple years younger than me, he had a private, but most of them were doubles. He was burned very, very bad in his face. His face was pretty much burned off of his head. Were his
0: eyes still intact?
1: His eyes were intact. It wasn't much to his nose. It wasn't much to his lips. Burns draw when 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 you get a burn it draws and and his neck and stuff he was squirting some lighter fluid on charcoal and you say today lighter fluid don't blow up and this when I see that people doing that I just panic mm. because it can now today it probably can't like it could back then but he he thought the coals were out and he squirt lighter fluid on the coals and it. The flame come back right with that squirt and blew, burned his face up. Mm-hmm. So him and I were were uh, got very close. He 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 got to go home after ten and a half months, and I I uh, went up uh, August the thirty first of nineteen fifty six, and went home July the first no September anyway I was exactly a year to when I got to go home wow and uh, I was able to walk out of the hospital he says we want to make sure you can walk out of the hospital well I walked out of the hospital but it wasn't uh, a happy march and dance No, <laughs> I, sure I made it from the hospital to the car yeah <laughs> but I could walk
0: We are brought to you by the Coffee Steamer. The Coffee Steamer is Livingston County's premier coffee joint. Their trailer in Fairbury boasts delicious and decadent coffee drinks, teas, and smoothies, while their full-service cafe in Forest has all that, plus tons of incredible baked goods, sandwiches, and salads. Life is just too short to drink bad coffee, so head on over to the Coffee Steamer and start your mornings or your afternoons off right.
1: And uh, when I got home, I had my cousins and my brothers were in be- the best therapy I had. Oh, I bet. Did you, you were, have I- any
0: visitors during your stay in Evanston? Because I know that's pretty far away. It's up in Chicago. Uh,
1: only weekends. And so my weeks got long, lonesome. Oh, sure. Hard. <laughs> yeah. But I always could look forward to the weekend. That was something that and my my brother Wayne I I got no idea how many times he come up a lot because he drove my folks up a lot or if my uncles or my cousins come up a lot and they were a big help at that time my youngest brother Chris was only well he I got burned when he was two so he would have been three going on four Uh, I was on the children's ward and you had to be 12 or over to get in but the the nurse of the nuns uh, said that Chris could come into my room because it was private, mm-hmm. and it was the best therapy I had. Yeah. <laughs> and, right. and it was.
0: And so I, I was hoping we could touch on that a little bit. At this time, I mean, St. Francis is OSF, Order of St. Franciscans, I
1: think is what that means. Third Order.
0: Something like that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I, I think they're, yeah. But was it staffed
0: with uh, a lot of nuns?
1: Uh St. Francis is is dedicated st- strictly to the well-being of the medical field. And, uh, yeah, there were a lot of nuns. The nuns that were nurses wore white robes. And the nuns that were in administration wore blacks. And uh, they were just, they went way beyond the call of duty when it come to taking care of me to when my folks would come up to making sure they were comfortable, if they wanted something. Uh, I was up there a year, so the kitchen got to know me pretty well. Mm -hmm. Sunday's was kind of, noon was our best meal, and we usually had chicken. (laughs) It was kind of a dumb deal, but... uh, I love chicken livers. So once they found that out, every Sunday beside my chicken, I had a plate with chicken livers.
0: <laughs> huh. well, so did you learn? You, you mentioned to me that you you somehow ended up learning a lot about the Catholic faith during your stay. Is that right?
1: Yeah, well, I did. I, I didn't know that much about them coming from a cornfield and... Mm-hmm. Central Illinois. And an
0: epistolic Christian upbringing, right? Yes. I'm having um, yes. an elder, I believe, Rick uh, Plattner. 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 Yes. Yeah. yeah, he's coming on tomorrow, so oh, it'll be interesting to okay. talk about the AC faith and stuff. Yeah,
1: yeah, he's, he's a super, super individual. But, uh, yeah, it... it um, I did. I I learned a lot. And Ash Wednesday, I I made a big boo boo. I one of the <laughs> the nurses came in and had some ash on their forehead, and I said, "Sister, I said you got a little dirt on your forehead." <laughs> <laughs> I got my sermon. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. I would go to school with that on my head, and kids would always say the same thing every yeah. year. You know, so yeah, can't no, blame you.
1: Oh, it no, looks it, like dirt. Yeah, well, I was innocent and, no, of and I I accepted it 100%. That's their faith. Mm-hmm. W- w- why wouldn't we, you know? But uh, that's in within their faith. That's what they believed in was serving others. And their hospital organization proved that so well.
0: You something I read when I was looking through that scrapbook that your aunt made mm-hmm. that documented this whole journey of two years, I read some of the cards that you wrote in response to the cards that you received and wow that, that was it was emotional because at the end of this very short note and your, your writing's like you know real squiggly <laughs> oh, because you were left-handed, I presume right no, With your, I was always right-handed. Oh, but you're using your left hand to weld.
1: I never had my left hand. I lost my left hand.
0: No, no, I know. But while you were welding, you said it blew off your oh, left hand yeah. because you were you—that was the one you yeah. were holding the weld, the yeah. arc welder with. Well, I was
1: holding the mask. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. I was holding the the welding mask with my left hand, and I see. and you holding the the arc welder with my right. Okay. So I think the explosion kind of was more around my right but it was exploded out in my face. But I Yeah, see. but my writing <laughs> hate to say it, it ain't much better today. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but my my question was, so what was receiving those cards like how important was that? Because maybe people oh. when when a family member or a friend gets hospitalized, maybe you can paint a picture of just how valuable writing them can be. maybe
1: it's everything and it didn't have to be long it it was a case that it 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 put within my uh, within my heart that they're they're remembering me you know i was gone a long time and um the tribune heard about my stay at saint francis and they ran a small article in the Chicago Tribune.
0: Which is read by hundreds of thousands of people, right? Yeah.
1: And one day I got 360-some cards. Oh, wow. One day. And the mailman sent a note up that I need to stop this because he can't carry this many cards. <laughs>
0: That's awesome. It is. So That's I, great. It, it,
1: it's um, Well, you, it was the communication then. You didn't have the Texas, you know. You, you, it, it was the communication part of it, and so it was. Uh, it was that's just part of it, yeah.
0: So you would say then, if if you know someone who's in the hospital, write If for a long time, especially, oh, write them some letters. Yes,
1: and I, I a lot of times I'll go visit them if it's a case of similar to that they're going to have a difficult time or something. I know I. And I've been asked to go off and on. At, at first, it, it was hard for me to go, because I, I, I'm not here to brag. I'm here just to tell a story of God's mercies.
0: Right. So, I mean, let's talk about God's mercy then. You ended up walking out of that hospital, albeit a little tough to walk out of that hospital. Yeah. And you come home, and you're with your family once again after two years what emotions did you feel when you with that homecoming, and, and what were you immediately met with? Maybe, you know, what were the best things about coming home?
1: Well, when we got within about a half mile from home, my cousins had hooked a trailer on the back of the tractor, and they were all in it holding Welcome Home Henry. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we followed them the rest of the way home, the tractor, when they went about Fifteen mile an hour, ten, and it was um, unexplainable. I mean, I just uh, things changed. Two in two years, things changed. Uh, I, I I know. I think I made the comment before, and I still think of that so often. The if you plant a bush around a shrub or a flower around your house in two years, it's growing. And I I noticed those things, and it really made a uh, just my my family and my my brothers and my cousins were were my uh, uh, my whole attitude changed to the point of I was able to c- communicate again with the world outside, you know. Outside of four walls. Four walls for two years got pretty bored.
0: Holy moly. I bet the days just started to blend in with each other. We had to stay in a hospital. I mean, I didn't. My mom had to stay in the hospital for a few months. And we stayed in there, I mean, for a good, probably a majority of that time. It's crazy how time passes during that time. I mean, Ah. you, you start to see less and less of the sun. And you just see the inside of this hospital, the days blend in with each other, you forget what day it is, and it's almost maddening. And I can't imagine to actually be a patient who never leaves for years.
1: In Chicago, I had one nurse, Betsy Glass, she was a Negro Mm -hmm. lady, totally dedicated to nursing, and uh, she was just absolutely wonderful. I kept track of her till the day she died. I'd go up and visit her, take her out for lunch. Uh, she died of Alzheimer's. And I'm going through that now with my wife. Oh, are you really? My wife's got Alzheimer's. So it's a, another world to tough out.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's that's a whole battle in itself. You were talking about, you know, we've talked about your stay in the hospital and everything, the difficulties you faced Wow. I mean this is a whole new that's a whole new set of difficulties that yeah. are incredibly and daunting I would imagine.
1: 5 years so far. Wow. Yeah.
0: Well god bless you Henry. Yeah. Holy cow.
1: He still has. Yeah. I really we are brought to
0: you by Fairberry Furniture. Fairberry Furniture is the area's favorite furniture store. Their selection is huge, their staff is helpful and so friendly, and they have all of your favorite brands of mattresses, tables, chairs, recliners, couches, and basically all furniture items. So make your home comfy, stylish, and delightful when you shop at Fairberry's own beloved Fairberry Furniture.
1: Yeah, I really, with my family and uh, my wife, when she was, when we got married, we had wonderful years. Uh, we never had any children for the first four years. So we adopted two girls. Mm-hmm. And after we were married 19 years, we had our son. Mm. Who's who your son? <laughs> Troy.
0: Troy Stefan. Yeah. Okay, there's so many Stephens yeah. in the area. I, I lose track I always, of them.
1: <laughs> I say the bug killer didn't get us all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, really quick, who who are some of your like so your your only son is Troy. Troy. And then who are your daughters then?
1: Tammy? We adopted first, and they were both five days when we got them. Two Tammy years later.
0: Oh, I know another Tammy Stephan. That's funny. Yeah. It's Renee Stephan's sister. Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: okay, yeah.
0: <laughs> I was asking her about how, if you guys are related, and she yeah. said, yeah. I think oh, she yeah. said you're her uncle or something <laughs> yeah. like that? Yeah, Okay.
1: And uh, two years later, then, we adopted Trisha. She was just five days when we got her. And uh, I have eight grandchildren. I have... Um, well, uh, first uh, my I I had uh my one granddaughter had twins which would have been made me great grandpa but they uh were very premature and only lived a few days. Oh, both of them? Yeah, both of them. Oh, how so sad. they both passed. And uh so then later on Ca- Cassie now has a little boy and my grandson Cody uh, i know cody cody uh, he we raised him for about four and a half years he's living out in new york and he's they're expecting a little girl in august which grandpa's going to fly out to <laughs> yeah if all things work out yeah and i got uh our family is quite different there was four brothers my dad and three of his brothers married four sisters.
0: Your dad and his three brothers all married four sisters? It's like that movie, Seven Brides for Seven <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sisters or something like that. Well, no I think, way. Sometimes
1: I think our family is a movie. But <laughs> anyway, so among the three of them, we there was 10 of us boys, which we are very close. We've been very close. Um, we worked together as young boys, uh, so uh, fam- family is everything.
0: So, one more question here, as we're kind of wrapping things up. This has been an incredible conversation so far. What a journey you've had, and what a journey you're still on. What do you what to what do you credit your ability to persevere through those? incredibly difficult two years at just 15, 16, 17 years old. What do you think is the biggest reason or what contributed to you getting through
1: all of that? Uh, well, it, it, I truly believe it was God's plan. And what's coming out of that is what I'm trying to make a good good out of it. But my family is everything to me. And with that, our faith, the Apostolic Christian Church, they have been uh, behind me my whole life.
0: They, what a community. That February AC yeah. Church, what a community. The culture's fantastic there.
1: Yeah. And uh, you still have your ups and downs. We always will. Yeah, we're not granted a path of roses. Yeah, but uh, I've uh, I've loved to live in Fairbury. I spent uh, twelve years on Fairview Haven's board. That's where Rick Plattner is going to be talking about probably. Mm-hmm. And I got off of that, and they grabbed me. I spent time on Fairbury Hospital board. And after a while, I did resign from that. And uh, then I spent time uh, on St. James Hospital in Pontiac. Mm-hmm. And after that, I sat, felt I had enough community service. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. It seems like you
0: felt that you owed something to hospitals. I did.
1: <laughs> I, I really did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, St. James, uh, it was during the time we built a new hospital, which was really... Um, Uh, challenge but uh very uh rewarding Mm -hmm. yeah and I look at it today it's growing and yeah
0: well Henry it seems like you have served a great deal of penance here in this life (laughs) you have an incredible story of perseverance of intense human struggle it's very moving. I think this is going to be a blessing for a lot of people to hear. So thank you so much for, for courageously sharing your story and for sitting and talking with me and probably thousands of people today. It's been an honor. It's been thank a pleasure.
1: You. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad I could be able to do it.
0: Right on. All right. Yeah. Okay. That's a wrap then. Uh-huh. Henry and everyone. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening to that episode of The Paul Garcia Show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it on Facebook or with your friends. And if you haven't already, like this page on Facebook and subscribe on YouTube. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave this show a five star rating and an honest review. If you'd like to support The Paul Garcia Show, you can do so by donating any dollar amount on Venmo to The Paul Garcia Show. Additionally, if you'd like to become a monthly donor and gain access to exclusive bonus, this footage, you can do so on Patreon.com forward slash Paul Garcia. Until next Sunday, thanks for listening and watching. I'm Paul Garcia. God bless and have a great week.